everyone, I'm Saisha Gupta and I'm the founder and host of Brown Girls Rising. The purpose of this podcast is to share the stories of and empower South Asian girls. Welcome to Brown Girls Rising. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Brown Girls Rising. I'm so happy you're here today. In this week's episode, you'll get to hear me talk with the founders of two amazing South Asian female teen-led organizations, and I also have some audio clips from another um, teen organization that wasn't able to have an interview, but they're an amazing organization as well. And all these organizations have such great impacts on the world uh, in their communities, and I'm so excited to get to share them with you because I love sharing the impacts that especially South Asian girls are making on on this world, um, even in their home own hometowns. So let's get started with my best and worst of the weeks, because I think that that's a fun way to start off the episode. And then we will get into the organizations and I'll explain a little bit before I play our interviews. So my best of the week. Oh, let me just say this first. This is my third time recording this, ep- like this intro for this episode. Um, because the first time I recorded it was when I had a fourth um, person also in the episode, and that girl just never sent in her audio clips. Um, this pro- this podcast is all a learning process, though, so um, it all worked out, but I just had to delay the episode um, getting released by a week. And then the second time, it didn't upload, and I don't know where the intro went. It didn't save. Luckily, my interviews and everything saved. I just don't know where that intro went, which is why I'm re-recording it now. So this was technically supposed to be released last week on the, on the 30, 31st of March, sorry. But right now it's the 7th of April, so things like might sound a little bit different from when I first recorded it. Just FYI. But this was my um, best part of the week last time was that I was getting to visit my um, family in North Carolina. And so this is so now when I'm recording, it's after the trip already happened. That was definitely the best part of the last week. I got to visit my aunt, my uncle and my four year old cousin in North Carolina there. He's the little cutest little boy ever. He's so friendly and um you know most south asian kids well at least like north indian kids i think like i know south indian kids have different names like akka and stuff for their older like sisters or like siblings um but you know how in india even you call even your cousins your siblings so he calls me and my sister his didis and it's the cutest thing ever and i really miss him we just came back on monday so it feels like it's not been um it feels kind of sad that we aren't with him anymore, but it was a really fun trip. We got to do a lot of things. We took so many pictures with him. Um, I posted some on my personal Instagram, but not on the podcast Instagram. But anyway, so yeah, that was definitely the best part of my last week. The worst part of my last week, um, hmm. Honestly, it was a really good week. I'm trying to think if there was anything worse. Okay, I guess the worst thing is that now that I'm back from vacation, I have a lot of schoolwork to catch up on because, you know, in the past, especially during COVID, whenever I would have a break, I would just use the break to, like, get caught up on schoolwork and get ahead in some classes. And because we were there, I didn't have access to anything. So I just didn't do any work, which is really nice. I got to have a break. But now I have to, like, you know, get all caught up, which is fun. Also, so if you guys follow me on Instagram, you know that 
one of the things that I do is I post a weekly South Asian Girl of the Week where I share a South Asian woman and her impact on the world. And so far, I've been doing pretty famous people. I do want to eventually just make it like pretty much any South Asian girl, regardless if you're a high school student, if you're a celebrity, whatever. But right now, I'm just doing famous people. So I did want to bring this segment onto the podcast. Um, I haven't talked about any South Asian women yet but i'm going to now so the first person who i want to talk about is mindy kaling who was my first post and i'm not going to correlate all my all the things that i talk about on the podcast with my instagram because then it might seem like you're getting the same information twice but i think mindy kaling is so inspirational and she's definitely a south asian woman who i look up to very much so i definitely want to start off this segment on the podcast on the instagram on the tiktok with the amazing mindy kaling so I'll just talk a little bit about her and maybe fangirl a little bit. Mindy Kaling, if you're listening to this, please DM me because I, I would I would probably faint or something. But anyways, so Mindy Kaling is a role model for so many young girls, including myself. She's she's just amazing. She's accomplished so much. She's an actress. She's an author. She's I haven't read any of her books yet, but I really want to. She's a producer, director. She I mean she and she's a, like a writer. She wrote the whole um, show of Never Have I Ever. I think I don't know if she wrote the whole thing or she like. I think she might have co-wrote it with um, Louis Lang, but um, she did most of it. And she also wrote, like, I think 26 episodes of The Office, which is my favorite show of all time. So I was very, um, it was very cool to hear that. I love Kelly Kapoor on The Office. She's such a hilarious character. Um, what else? Well, yeah, as I said before, she's the one who created Never Have I Ever. You, As you might know, I have a whole episode on <laughs> me, like, talking about that show um, from a while back. It's some, like... You Go, go listen to it if you haven't yet because it's a really good episode, in my opinion. It's definitely one of my favorites. Um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to have favorites considering how I don't even have that many episodes out. I think I have – I want to say I have like 12 or 13 episodes out now. I have to check. But I that's definitely like one of my top three. Probably my Shelly Bola interview is one of my top three. I don't, I don't I don't know what my other one would be. Maybe my first episode even though that episode was kind of – like I, I feel like I talked – in a kind of monotone voice and stuff. So we've made improvements. Anyway, so Mindy Kaling, um, she's very confident. She's strong. She's definitely a girl boss. She's, as I've said before, she's um, definitely one of Hollywood's most well-known South Asian um, stars and I, I love her. So, again, Mindy Kaling, I would love to introduce you someday. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but someday in the future. Anyways, let me talk a little bit about what this episode is actually um, going to be. So, in this episode, you're going to hear my interviews with two amazing South Asian female-led organizations. So, first, I'm going to play my interview with Rhea Syriac. I hope I'm saying your last name correctly. And so, my interview with her. So, she is the um, the founder of the organization that. Young Writers Initiative, and she's a writer herself. You'll hear her talk about her love for writing in the interview, and her organization is all about inspiring young writers. She hosts workshops and like volunteer work and different things like summer programs. So you should definitely go check it out if you're interested in writing, reading, anything along those lines. And her, I, I'll put all these Instagram links in the um, description box of this podcast. So make sure you go give everyone a follow. Um, 
And then the next person who I got to talk about, well, there was actually two founders of this organization, the Wallet Project. So I got to talk with the um, the founders of the Wallet Project. Who, their names are Sarah and Kirthi. And they were both very sweet girls. They're both juniors like me. And we talked a lot about um, like AP classes and the stress of COVID and school, which I think is just so relatable to anyone during this time period, regardless of whether you're a middle school, high school, or college student. But they actually host um, workshops like through on Zoom for um, young girls interested in entrepreneurship, like mostly middle school girls. And even if you're interested or not, it'll still give you a little bit of taste of entrepreneurship in their two day workshop. It sounded very cool. Um, again, their their episode, whatever. Um, sorry, in the episode description, I will be hosting their Instagram um bio and all that so go check it out and then the third organization i got to talk to um they prefer to stay anonymous which is totally fine but they um is called organization rise and they strive to raise awareness about the impact of human trafficking and their organization is definitely very important especially um even in today's times that's sadly still a major issue and needs to be addressed so i really applaud them for doing that so without further ado, this was a very long intro. I'm sure this has been my, like my one of my longest intros yet. But without further ado, I will play my um, my interview with Ria, and then I will um, hop back in after that and then play my interview with Kirthi and Sarah. All right. Bye, guys. Welcome to Brown Girls Rising. Hi, thank you for bringing me on. Yes, of course. So why don't you introduce yourself? So hi, I'm Ria Syriac. I am a senior um, in high school and I'll be going to UT Austin next year. I'm based in Texas. Um, I'm the executive director of the Young Writers Initiative. I'm also a writer. <laughs> and um, in my free time, I love to do, like I, I do Indian dance, I do Bharatanatyam. Um, I do music um, and model BYN and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's about me. That's awesome. Um, so that's cool how you already know where you're going to college. I know that that's so stressful for the seniors this year. I'm a junior, actually. So I'm just getting started in that whole process. <laughs> it's not as bad. I mean, I was lucky because I already kind of knew where I wanted to go. But yeah. um, it's, it's, it's just the weight that sucks for a lot of people. Yeah, I understand. So why don't you talk about your organization, the Writers Initiative? Yeah, so the Young Writers Initiative is a nonprofit that is dedicated to educating, servicing, and inspiring, inspiring young writers. We have, um, we, we're a, we're a volunteer-based organization, and so we offer free editing, beta reading, cover designing, book reading, and consulting. And we also offer um, writing workshops for students and a summer camp and a mentorship program, which um, signups, uh, registrations are actually going to open next month. Um, and we have events and programs we held a write-a-thon and we're starting a podcast soon actually so there's That's that cool. and we have a literary magazine called Juven which I'm the co-editor-in-chief um, of and so yeah we we do quite a bit but um it's always very fun and we get to we love to help our community um we have some really excited things lined up for this year and what we did last year and some cool partnerships and stuff um but we're always looking not only to like if, like we a lot of our services are broken into different parts so it's like for the 
young writer that's actually established or has written a novel or something of that sort and they needed to get actually edited or something so they can you know progress it in the publishing career or for beginning young writers who are starting to get in they need they need writing education and they need um that kind of those kind of free resources that they don't really get anywhere else um, and so we like to address all sides of the spectrum there um, of you know, your experience as a writer. Um, and we all also always have volunteer applications open. And so if you're interested in volunteering for organization, you get volunteer hours and um, a lot of other benefits and stuff as well. That sounds really cool. I mean, I definitely know a lot of people who would benefit from something like that. So when did, um, so when did you become a part of this organization? I mean, I founded it, I think it was, about a month, a year and three months ago. Oh, wow. So yeah, I think Jan January, like beginning of January of 2020. So before COVID kind of <laughs> rocked our world. <laughs> That's really cool how you're like providing all those resources to, you know, kids or anyone who needs them, because I think there's so many people who they might want to start something, but they're unsure of how to. Oh, I was going to ask if you're, um, so are you planning on like majoring or going into something writing based in college? So no, I'm actually going into business. I mean, I guess my second major, it's called plan two. It's this liberal arts major. Yeah. It's weird. Um, but I'm double majoring in that, but I do want to live. Uh, my school has a writing, living, learning community, which is basically like your dorm, but you're on a bunch of writers and stuff and you get to like meet really cool authors. And so I'm planning on living there. Um, so I can also kind of do writing, but not having to actually major in writing in college. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience of growing up as a South Asian girl? Yeah, I mean, I, um, there's so much to unpack there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know it's a very big question. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there, it's the, I'm, I'm very happy to be South Asian. I'm Indian. I'm South Indian. Um, and so I guess I have a little different experience because I'm actually a Christian Indian or Catholic Indian. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I grew up very much around the church but it's that weird difference where it's like you're not really like I've been like my like when I was younger it was like a, like not a joke but it was like when yeah. kids were like kids right my like kid friends would be like oh my god you eat beef you're not really Indian and um you know you're not Christian enough for your or you're not like you know yeah. friends and so it's kind of there but like we have a really nice community but in that community there's so much drama and like there's so much drama in the Indian community in general and that drama can be so toxic um to like impressionable girls that are growing up but um I think and there's also like especially in my community there's a lot of conservatism when it comes to like how you dress and stuff like that and so as the world is like modernizing I was like I can't wear shorts I can't like wear like normal swimwear and so that was always kind of interesting and like that restriction was kind of what my like college essay was about and what a lot of my writing is about because I think it's really important to like, be able to process like your story, even if you're not like actually going to publish it anywhere, being able to just get on your paper, you know, journaling or writing poems or whatever it is, like getting your story down so that, you know, it's like out there into yourself. Yeah, I really love that. I actually journal a lot just as a way to cope with my feelings. And I think that it's very underrated, the power that journaling has, you know, if you, like, I don't really... Like, I've definitely become more open with it, but when I first started, like, in sixth, seventh grade, I would never tell people that because their people would probably think, oh, you're writing in your diary, and but now I am more open about it because it is just very powerful to just, like, let go of your emotions and 
in your writing form and um i always loved reading but i actually stopped reading for fun like in high school just because i was so overwhelmed with the work and all that but i've recently gotten back into that also and it's been like so great so i understand where you're coming from yeah definitely thank you so much for being on here today and sharing your story and thus is there anything else you'd like to plug um we will the Young Writers I'll definitely Institute. put all your links and like Instagram bio and all that in the episode description so people can go check it out who are listening. Hi guys, it's me again. I hope you enjoyed listening to my interview with Rhea. She is a very sweet girl and I had a really good time talking to her. Again, I will be putting her Instagram links and her website and all that in the description box below so make sure you go check it out and now i'm going to be playing my interview with the wallet project um with kirthi and sarah they are both amazing girls and the wallet project is definitely helping making strides for um, young girls in entrepreneurship and i think that's absolutely amazing so without further ado let's play the interview Hi guys, welcome to Brown Girls Rising. Hi, we're so excited to be here today. Awesome, yeah. I'm so glad to have you on. So why don't you guys introduce yourself? Okay, so I'm Kirthi. I am a junior in high school from Rochester, Minnesota. And I'm Sarah. Um, I'm a junior in high school from Parkland, Florida. That's really funny actually because I'm from Rochester, New York. So you guys are both juniors? Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I'm a junior too. So are you guys, um, how are you guys dealing with junior year and COVID? Uh, It's pretty stressful. I mean, I feel like it has both negative and positive. Like my school is all virtual. I don't know about you guys, but we're all virtual learning. Do you guys go in person? I'm a hybrid. So I go in um, two days of the week and then I have virtual three days, which to me is honestly a little bit more stressful because the days that I'm actually in school turn to like be all of our test, like all of our tests are on the same day because there's only two days to have them and teachers don't really want to do virtual tests if they don't have to. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it's been that's really stressful then because you're not only like switching back and forth. Yeah. But- pressured to know everything without the amount of support you used to get exactly. so and then yeah. you have to learn topics on your own also mm-hmm. yeah so our school district decided to avoid that like situation and said that we would be distanced until April 5th and then we'd go back in person full-time which I'm a little bit scared about um but yeah there's a distance learning option so I'm definitely staying with distance which has been kind of a little demotivating because you don't get to see your peers in person and teachers aren't as available for support. Yeah, I completely agree. So do you do you have to like log into Zooms all day? Yeah, Google Meets. Yeah. yeah like for each class. I know. I, mean, so I only have that, I'm sorry. So I only have that once a week. So on Tuesdays and Fridays when I'm home, like for example today, I like only I had to do like this one check-in at the beginning of the day and technically if I wanted to I didn't don't even like have to do school all day you know what I mean like it's not like you have to log into each class and do everything so it's it's definitely more stressful and then I feel like junior year is also the year where your grades matter the most and my grades have definitely slipped a bit since this year and I mean it could be the fact that I'm taking harder classes or it could also be the fact that I only go to school twice a week 
Yeah, for sure. Especially with like the AP exams coming up, the content I, knowledge is not matching. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but our school has opted to do like in-person three-hour exams. And I, the only AP exams I've taken in the past were last year when I could have all my notes and it was a 45-minute exam. So it's definitely going to be very different. And I'm taking like double the APs this year, so... You know, it's scary. Like, I'm, I'm really not prepared. I feel like just like even the teachers are scared for us. They're like, we know you guys have been using your resources at home. Like, what are you going to do when you take them in person? It's it's honestly really scary. I don't know. So how did you guys meet and how did you guys start your organization? So Sarah and I are actually really like close friends. We've been like really good friends since we were young. And we were just on a FaceTime call one day talking about like, what are we going to do like junior year? Like we need to get our focus straight for college and everything. And we were going through like the classes we've taken and what we've done in the past for extracurriculars. And we're like, wait, hold on. Do I really like the STEM field? Am I really doing what like I really like to do? So we kind of evaluated that and then talked about what was lost when we were growing up. And what really was missing was that business exposure, because, of course, it's known that a lot of South Asian parents push their kids into the STEM field, and that's the only exposure they get, like nothing else. So we just decided to target the specific portion of entrepreneurship because we thought that was really interesting to us. And then financial freedom, of course, because that goes along with the subject. I love that. I know my parents are always telling me that, you know, I should start learning financial literacy more and get better with that because, you know, once you get to college and things like that, it's harder to, um, it's harder to like become independent when you're not financially independent. And exactly. And we also noticed that like a lot of schools don't offer financial literacy classes, like especially like middle school when you're trying to develop your interests. Like personally, we didn't have business classes. So we weren't really exposed to the field. So then I guess that's kind of where we decided, okay, let's change this aspect and let's do something about it. So, you know, girls have a experience to learn about stuff like that. How do you guys connect with students to help them learn more about entrepreneurship? So as some background, our platform is supposed to be an educational and inspirational platform for these middle school girls to spark their interest in entrepreneurship, like I said, by fostering that healthy money mindset and learning proven entrepreneurial strategies and adapting that growth mindset. So we have our three-day workshop series, um, which is now going to be condensed to two due to like timing issues and people attending. Um, but on day one, we like to introduce our ki- like our students to the concept of innovation. So they're interested, like, so they develop that growth mindset to keep going. Usually school, um, we tend to see a pattern where if a kid fails, they only look at the numbers and then usually the parents um, add more pressure onto that kid. And we don't want that mindset to be here when we're talking about business because it's always a growth process. And then day two, we talk about um, innovating the supposed wallet that we made on day one. And then we talk about like addressing a target market. And then we talk about, oh, if you were to do this in the real world, this is how it would look like. And this could be like your side business, also known as passive income. That's really awesome. I love that. And so do you guys like, are you guys hosting these workshops over Zoom or something as of now? 
Yeah, so we host them over Zoom. Um, they're quarterly, so like every few months we do a round of these workshops. And then we try to get as many girls involved as possible who can come to these. And usually each of our workshops is a little bit different. Like recently at our workshop, we had the chance to get a guest speaker who was like an actual female entrepreneur come and talk to the girls. Like, um, you know, the girls could ask them questions like, how did you get started? How did you manage your business? Stuff like that. So I think they really enjoyed getting to talk to someone with experience in the field. And then that kind of also builds off another thing we do um, on our platform, which is every month we actually interview a different female entrepreneur on our YouTube channel. And so during our workshop, we asked the girls, hey, if you were to meet a female entrepreneur, what would you want to ask her? So then during our interviews, when we do connect them, we ask those questions that the middle school girls were able to ask to the entrepreneur. And then they kind of get like a direct response from them. So it's kind of cool to see how each entrepreneur has like a different mindset and how like they, you know, relate to their experiences. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's, I, I honestly love that what you guys are doing so much because I mean, especially like, I feel like middle school is a great age also to like get people involved in that because in middle school, especially you don't really learn anything about finance or entrepreneurship as much as you might in high school. So I think it's a really good, great idea for anyone who's interested to like, you know, start like building their skills in that a little bit earlier. So um, I was wondering if you guys would mind sharing a little bit about your experience um, growing up as South Asian girls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so definitely, I think we've both experienced, you know, we talked about this a little in the beginning, the pressure that we have from parents, especially South Asian parents mm -hmm. to like, go into, I guess, an acceptable field. A lot of them have the mindset that like, oh, doctor, lawyer, engineer, you know, those are the ones where you make the most money. Those are the ones where you're most successful. But like, you know, as you grow and learn about yourself, you take more classes, um, you realize that's not true. There's so many careers that you can do, still maintain like a sustainable financial future and do like what you like. So I guess that's kind of like where we both honestly wanted to go into the medical or STEM field before this. And so, but we realized we didn't really get a chance to explore any other opportunities. So I guess that pressure kind of led us to kind of divulge from that path and just explore something different um, for both of us, I would say. Yeah, to kind of build on what Sarah was saying, um, I personally didn't have any pressure put on me to go into the STEM field. It was a lot more of like the societal Indian community around me being like, oh, my son is doing this. My daughter is doing this. We all hear that, right? Yeah. So that like thought process of like oh this is what's right this is who I'm supposed to be looking up to kind of drove me in that path and then I realized how unhappy I was and there was this one organization um called Technovation that way that I was part of where it was all entrepreneurship based it was basically where you develop your own app idea and then you pitch it to an audience and then of course like everyone is given a rank and score and all of that and I just thought the entrepreneurship part was really fascinating. And from there, that's really where I developed my interest in middle school. That's awesome. I love that. And I agree completely with like the parental pressure aspect. Like I haven't, like my parents have always been like, you know, do whatever you want to do as long as, you know, you can be successful in it. So I'm glad that I had that sort of like, you know, mentality growing up. But at the same time, like my mom will every once in a while, like tell me what my neighbor is doing or like, you know, her friend's kids are doing. And it's like, oh, they're, they've gone into this college and this program. So why don't you look into it? So I can, I totally get what you, you meant by that. And I love how 
you know, your interests um, was something that you could like build your platform out of and help inspire young girls from. So are you guys both looking into going into business or entrepreneurship in college? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we both gained an interest from this and we both want to major in something business. Personally, I'm thinking about maybe possibly going into the economics field, just, you know, going into that aspect and then QP. Yeah, I was thinking about doing something along the lines of business administration and management and general finance. Yeah, I love that. I'm looking into like going into the healthcare field, like either medicine or dentistry. I'm not exactly sure which, but I think it's also so important. Like even if, like, for example, even if I was in middle school and I um, knew that I wanted to do this, I would, I could still like explore my other interests, for example, through your organization. And I love how you're doing it in that sort of sense too, because even if someone like, and I also have a lot of friends who especially in middle school or freshman year or sophomore year, they didn't know where, where what they wanted to do growing up. So I think it's just a great idea to like help kids get that exposure um, so they can figure out what their interests are. Exactly. Um, I think that's where the workshop idea came in. Cause you know how in high school you have to either like pick a class and yeah. then you're stuck with that class for like the whole year. So like, if you don't end up liking business, I mean, it's kind of like useless, like, oh, now I wasted a whole year of my life. But like with our workshop, it's kind of like, oh, it's only two days. You can get all the basic you want. And if you like it, maybe that'll prompt you to take a class about it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And you said that they're a little bit different. So say someone likes one and then they can come back for another one in the future. Exactly. And then they enjoy, end up enjoying it. So yeah, I definitely love that. I like, um, and I like how you do it over Zoom too. So it's accessible to pretty much anyone in the country and the in the world because I think there's so many things that pre-COVID era were just limited to one set of people and I mean it's definitely like grown to like all these things like for example celebrities hosting Zoom concerts or not Zoom concerts like Instagram live concerts and things like that um, that I think is like very cool how our world has changed in the last year. Yeah, I don't know when your guys' school closed. My last day of school was March 13th, so it's very weird how it's like pretty much come full circle now. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think my my same was like March 13th or something, mm-hmm. and then that Monday came and they were like, oh, extended spring break or whatever, and then we just never went back. I know yeah, school was handled so poorly back then too. Like we didn't even. <laughs> have school really it was awesome. yeah I don't remember going to class most of the days it was just like yeah, I, I fully remember how like my school just went past fail system for that whole time and so what when did you guys start this we officially started sometime in November with the workshop series but planning took place prior to that of course Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, I was gonna say, I feel like there's also been so many like, good organizations that have come out of quarantine, like so many of these teen based organizations that like all these like teens and teen girls are trying to like, um, help impact the world in some way, which I've loved getting to see. And that's also part of the reason I'm doing this sort of segment on my podcast, because I think that it's just so important to highlight like, er like amazing South Asian female like leaders in communities. All right. So um, thank you for that. Oh, I was just saying that like um, we mainly decided to focus on only girls because there is this one um, research paper I read by this one Northwestern professor I was talking to and it was um, about female CEO appointments and how there were, I believe it was like some 8,000 CEOs that he researched from 2000 to 2014. 
And from like the 2000 switches, 84 were women. The gap is so wide. And that was like our main focus. Like, how do we change this? Yeah, that's really crazy. And I mean, I, I agree that it's also also like awesome, like, you know, providing resources for like girls specifically, because I feel like there also can be more of a motivation to join when you're surrounded by other people like you who are interested in something. So yeah, that's crazy. I know there's a lot of um, statistics like that, where like women in business, women in STEM, the numbers just aren't as much, but I'm glad to see like people trying to make strides towards increasing the equality in those fields. Um, so do you guys have anything else you guys would like to talk about? Nothing in particular. We do have a June workshop series coming up, but the dates are still to be decided. So um, we also actually have a YouTube channel where on this channel, we do post um, little snippets of our workshop, just so if you're not sure if you want to attend, we do post little previews where you can see what you learn about. And then this is also where we upload our interviews with female entrepreneurs every month. So if you ever want to see a female entrepreneur, you know, answer some questions or want to learn more about them, um, definitely check out our YouTube channel, which is at, uh, which is The Wallet Project. Thank you guys so much for coming on today. It was really fun getting to talk to you guys. Yeah, thank you for having us. I think it's a, we think it's a great mission that you guys, that you have going on. And this podcast is honestly awesome. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I love your platform. Thank you for having us. All right. I hope you enjoyed listening to that interview. It was a really good time. It was a lot of fun and they are both amazing. And I really wish them the best with their organization because I think that it's definitely very important to teach young girls about financial literacy, entrepreneurship, business, especially in in today's world. And now I'm going to be playing the clips from the um, representative from organization Rise. Hello everyone, I'm here to represent my organization RISE as their outreach manager today. Our organization RISE is a student-led organization that strives to educate people on the impact of human trafficking and sexual crimes and how they can take on the victims of the community it is prevalent in. Human trafficking and sex crimes are a very present issue in our daily lives and will continue to be of course without a chance. They're both devastating problems that are prevalent all over the world. However, many people are unaware of the impact they create on the victims and the communities they're present in. We want to educate people about the statistics, warning signs, and help them speak out about their experiences. I chose to become a part of it because I felt very connected to the cause and message. I mean, every morning, we wake up to see an assault case in the headlines. For four days, people are talking about it. It's on the news, it's on the uh, debate shows, you know, cases and trials, everything has that. But the fifth day, people forget about it. They move on to the next headline. The assaulter, they get what, like a two-year jail, then they're out of it. They serve the punishment, they get out of the jail, move on with their lives. But the victims, it's a lifelong trauma they need to deal with. And what their families have to go through is beyond our imagination. Hence, I wanted to join this organization to help the founders with their motive. And I think another reason would be that being a girl myself, I know how traumatizing these things can be. 
We as girls have the fear of, you know, walking alone at night. We're scared of it. Thus, we have curfews. But I want my future generations to not go through the same fear. I don't want to be, you know, that they'd be scared of walking alone at night because they're going to get assaulted or something. So as current generation, I feel like it is our duty to take specific actions of the necessary steps, which I can achieve through this organization. People can be more involved with us. If you're a victim survivor, reach out to us on our social media pages, contact us, we'll help you through it. We also make care packages and things like that to help the victims. If you need financial help, we can start a donation project and uh, we can help you through those. So if one victim you know, speaks out, then it motivates other survivors to speak out and then together we can bring a change and we can educate the society about these things. So that's one thing. Uh, we have social media pages. We've got Instagram, org.rise. We have a website, officialriseorg.com. We also have a Facebook page called Rise where we constantly post in th- on these um, pages uh, about our events and informational posts and things like that. Stories, we share stories of our victims that we've approached on these pages. Uh, we also host some events. Um, we had a, we recently had an event with one of these other organizations. We sort of partnered, and where we got a few, um, you know, survivors and victims of sexual assaults, and they sort of spoke out about their experiences and their trauma. So that was one thing. So yeah, just um, connect with us through our social media pages. So as a South Asian girl, I've had my own struggles, of course, looking different from people, um, darker to be more specific. However, over the years, I sort of just overcame all of those. And then additionally, a lot of sexual assaults and human trafficking cases, they take place in the South South Asian community, especially, you know, that India, Sri Lanka, South Arabia, that, that region is sort of infamous for assaults and things like that. For instance, Nepal has one of the highest rates for human trafficking. So therefore, growing up and coming to know of these things that happen in our countries, I too had that fear. Um, Especially when a close friend of mine was assaulted sexually. Although it was mild, but we were very young and it sort of became a big deal for us. But my friend was very brave and courageous to, you know, have spoken about it. Uh, That fear, however, did affect me as well and my other friends. But my parents had always been very supportive of me. They are my strength and I know that I can share with them literally anything. So they're like my safe keepers, sort of. It was really nice of Brown Girls Rising podcast to have us here and give us the opportunity to be in this episode. So thank you for listening for those of you who are. And I hope that through this, um, you all got to know about us, about our organization, our motives, our cause, and um, learned something different or new maybe. So yeah, and together we rise to make a change in our community. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, that's that. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. As always, please be sure to um, check out my Instagram at Brown Girls Rising Pod. And you can always send me an email if there's anything you need, browngirlsrisingpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and review the podcast if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. You know, all that fun jazz. And as I said mul- multiple times, I'm putting everyone's um, website links, um, Instagram things, 
I don't know why I said things, Instagram handles in the description box below and be sure to check it out. We'll see you next time here on Brown Girls Rising. Bye guys. I hope you're having a nice day, night, whenever you're listening to this. We'll see you next time. I'm Saisha Gupta and thank you for listening to this episode of Brown Girls Rising. We'll see you next time.